Thank you, Cindy, for that special. Good to see you today. I want to thank you for praying for our family. Michelle and I were gone last week. We um, uh, preached at a marriage seminar in Pennsylvania, and then we went down and picked up our son from San Antonio. And so he's back, and I'm glad that he's home and um, missed him while he was gone. And we went down to San Antonio. I don't want you to feel bad because in San Antonio, it was 55 degrees. Can you believe that? It was cold down there. And my wife packed me shorts and a T-shirt. And so I think she did that for herself so she could shop down in San Antonio. But, um, but it's good to be home. And I missed our church family last week. It's one of those things when you're gone, you're always thinking, I wonder how things are going back home. I wonder how Chris Cox is doing preaching. And then I appreciate all the, all the text messages I get. Thanks for being gone. Chris Cox did a great job, you know. <laughs> Will you be here next week? Question mark. You know, and I'm not getting that like you want me to be here next week. I think you were, but I'm I'm glad to be back. And how many of you are a little bit chilly in here today? A little cold, isn't it? A little bit. All right. Listen. Let's do this before we start. If you're married to the person next to you, or it's your child, um, grab their hand, hold their hand, rub their hand. Go ahead. And everyone's just sitting like, no, we're not doing this. I'm trying to help you with your marriage. I did a marriage seminar last week and this worked. I figured I'd come home and try this and tell the person next to you, I love you. Go ahead, tell them. Isn't that nice? Huh? How many feel better now? Three of you, good. <laughs> it didn't work last week either, so all right. All right, Acts chapter number eight. Acts chapter number eight here this morning. We are continuing our series, A Total Makeover. Isn't it amazing? Isn't it amazing the things that we are addicted to or impressed with on TV? Now, we were in San Antonio. It's only a couple hours or so from uh, Waco, Texas. Now, when I grew up, Waco, Texas was not a place you wanted to visit because there was a, a man by the name of, uh, was it Adam Koresh? Is that where he was from? Like, that's what Waco is known for. But in this day and age, Waco now is becoming one of the, the uh, uh, fastest growing tourist places in America. Anybody want to know why? All the ladies say, Chip and Joanne or Magnolia, yeah. Three hours wait just to get into the restaurant. Yeah, why? Because on TV, they take an old house in within an hour Chip makes this old house look like brand new. It's really hurt many of us men's relationships with our wives because our wives think that we are as good as Chip. And what I remind my wife often is Chip is just the guy smiling on TV. He's got a whole crew of people that, you know, he holds a hammer, he, paw, he, he poses for the film, he bangs in a nail, all right, camera's off, all right, guys, you get to it. They do all the work, you know, he just, he just looks good. Yeah. My, my girls got us addicted to this, my 600-pound life. Has anybody ever seen that? They take this person, and they do a total makeover on this person. They go from being 600 or more pounds to being, you know, 500 pounds, and it's a total makeover in the person's life. TV shows, there's a whole channel that takes something old 
and makes it into new. And we watch it. It's the most watched channel because we like to see old things that are in disarray become new. In this series that we're looking at over last week and the next couple weeks, we're going to find in the book of Acts, we're going to find that. But I want to tell you this, this is more important than any home or any person's body, a total makeover. This is a makeover in a person's soul. We find here in the book of Acts, chapter number eight, we find first, we saw the man by the name of Simon. Today, we look at a man, we don't know his name, but the Bible tells us what he is, where he's from, and what he does in life. The Bible begins in verse number 26, if you'll follow along with me. And the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise, and go toward the south, unto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. Now, that doesn't sound like a very fun trip, does it? Which is desert. Go to a place, and all the Spirit of God says here is just go to this place. It's south, it's going on its way back into Egypt, and, and it's a, a desert area. I want you to go to this place. And he arose and went. And behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who had the charge of all her treasure and had come to Jerusalem for to worship. He was returning and sitting in his chariot and, as I, uh, read and, and read Isaiah the prophet. Then the spirit, of, uh, spirit said unto Philip, go near and join thyself to this chariot. And Philip ran thither to him and heard him read the prophet Isaiah and said, understandest thou what thou readest? Philip asking this man, do you, do you understand what you're reading? And he said, how can I except some man should guide me. And he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. The place of the scripture which he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter, and like a lamb dumb before his shear, so opened he not his mouth. In his humiliation, his judgment was taken away. And who shall declare his, gen his generation? For his life is taken from the earth." And eunuch answered Philip and said, I pray thee of whom speaketh the prophet this, of himself or some other man? Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. And as they went their way, they came unto a certain water. And the eunuch said, see, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? And Philip said, if thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he commanded the chariot to stand still. And they went down both into the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. And when they came, uh, and, when, and when they were come up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught away Philip. The eunuch saw him no more, and he went away rejoicing. But Philip was found in Aztos. And passing through, he preached in all the cities till he came to Caesarea. Father, would you help us this morning? Lord, we want to see in your word, Lord, what you have for us. Lord, you've placed this in the book of Acts for our reading, for our benefit, for our good. And Lord, I pray that your spirit, as your spirit led Philip uh, through this time, I pray that your spirit would be here with us today. Open our hearts and Lord, show us what you would have for us. Speak to us, I pray. I ask you this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. We come to a, a second man in the book of Acts, and this one, again, the name of this man we don't know. 
But we do know something about him. Look with me in verse number 27. The Bible says this in verse 27, this man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of, of great authority, under Candace, queen of Ethiopians, and he had charge of all our treasure. This man was a, a man with great power. This man had access to the, the queen of Ethiopia. This man had great authority. This man had people underneath of him working for him. This man, he could speak whatever he wanted and he could have his way done because of the authority that he had here in Ethiopia. He came to Jerusalem to worship at the temple. We find that in this passage of scripture. This man, we don't know him to be uh, from uh, uh, Jewish descent. We hear he is an Ethiopian, but for whatever reason, he finds himself wanting to come to the temple in Jerusalem to worship. I think it'd be fair to say of this man that he was a religious man. He, he cared about religion or he wouldn't have made this, this, this uh, 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 place to found himself in, in Jerusalem if he wasn't a religious man. He wouldn't have found himself in the temple. And the Bible is very specific in telling us that this man came here specifically to worship. That was his purpose of coming. And at this time in Jerusalem, we've been studying, there's a stir in all of Jerusalem. These Christians are being persecuted and, and, and many of them have been scattered abroad. I would suppose that this man, when he came because of his position, because of his power, he probably heard of what was happening here in Jerusalem with these Christians. We don't know that to be for sure, but there was a great stir. And we know this, this was something of, of close to, to 8,000 or more Christians. We know 3,000 were saved on one day. We know 5,000 on another day. And the Bible says daily they were added to the church. And so thousands and thousands of people have been saved. This is causing a great stir in Jerusalem. People are being persecuted. There are, there are apostles that have been placed into to jail. And we found earlier in this chapter, they've been scattered. And now the, the gospel is going from Jerusalem to Samaria. And now people in Samaria are being saved as well. And the religious crowd is concerned because of what's happening with the Christians. And I want you to see something as we look at this total makeover here in this scripture today of this Ethiopian man. Before we look at the Ethiopian man, I want you to see something about this man named Philip. Now, we've been looking at these deacons or these, these men that were uh, deacons in the church back a couple chapters ago. The, the whole reason why they were placed as deacons is because there needed to be some serving other people. There were widows that were not being taken care of. And so the Bible tells us that there were seven men that they, they anointed and laid hands upon and prayed upon. And these men became servants in the church. But as the church became uh, under persecution and scattered, we find Stephen, the first deacon we find, was, was killed for preaching the gospel. And we come now to this other man by the name of Philip. Philip was there in Samaria, and Philip was preaching the gospel in Samaria. And, and a man by the name of Simon, a sorcerer, a magician, he was saved. He was gloriously saved and, and totally made whole. What a, what a makeover, what, a, what a, a change took place in this man's life. Now we come to a place where Philip is in Samaria. And Philip is now... Uh, 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 listening to the Lord and in verse number 26, and the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip saying, arise and go toward the south under the way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza. Now this is on the south side of Jerusalem. 
there, where, where Philip was previously was in Samaria, which would be north of where Jerusalem would be. But the Spirit of the Lord says to, to uh, uh, Philip, I want you to now leave where you're at, and I want you to go into this area, this desert area, and I want you to see something. Here in this verse number 26, he doesn't tell Philip what he's going to do. He just simply tells Philip to go. He doesn't say to Philip that there's a man that is an Ethiopian eunuch that has been uh, uh, preaching or, or, or studying and worshiping there in the temple that needs to hear the gospel. He doesn't say that there's an Ethiopian man on his way back to his home country that's reading the book of Isaiah that's confused about what he's reading, and so I want you to go. He simply says to Philip this, I want you to leave where you're at, and I want you to go into the place that is a desert. Now, I don't know about you, but that doesn't sound too fun. You want me to leave and go to this desert area, and that's exactly what the Spirit of God told Philip to do. And I want you to see something here this morning, and something that I believe was interesting as I studied this, as we look at the Ethiopian eunuch, which we'll see in just a moment, but before we get to him, we find someone that is sensitive to the Lord's leading. Philip here is sensitive. I want you to please write this down in your heart someplace that uh, in order for someone to hear the gospel, in order for someone to see this, this Ethiopian eunuch make this total makeover, there's got to be someone that's sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit. We don't just find this with the Ethiopian eunuch. We also find this earlier in the book of uh, Acts chapter 8 when Philip is told to go to Samaria, Samaria and he goes there as well. Now, I want you to, again, understand this. They're living in a time where doing what he is doing has caused people that he knew well to be killed for their faith. They've killed Jesus Christ for saying that he's the Messiah, that he's the Son of God. He was was crucified for that. Uh, uh, Just a little while back, one of his fellow deacons, Stephen, was killed for preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. The church in Jerusalem is under persecution. There's a man by the name of Saul that's going house to house. He's knocking down doors. He's taking men and women uh, that, that claim to be Christians and taking them and throwing them into prison. People that are preaching, that are living, those that claim to be Christians are under great persecution here at this time in Jerusalem, at this time in history. This would have been a great time for Philip to say, I'm going to be a, a secret Christian. I'm going to be a child of God. I'm going to be a Christian. I'm going to live for Christ. I'm just going to simply do it, and nobody's going to know about it. This would have been a time, and I think we would have probably given Philip a pass on this as well, for Philip to say, you know what? Things have gotten to be a little bit too difficult. I don't know if this is what I agreed to when I became a deacon. I didn't understand this was going to be life when I became a Christian. I think I'm just going to stop this for a while and take a break from this for a while and just go back to being the way I used to be before I knew Christ. But you don't find that with Philip. You find Philip as a man that is sensitive to the Lord's leading. Look with me, and again, in verse number 26, and the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise. And what does he do? And the Bible says in verse number 27, and he arose. Look with me in verse number 29, then the Spirit said unto Philip, Go near and join thyself to the chariot. And Philip ran thither to him. 
Every time the Spirit of God spoke to, to, to Philip, Philip did what the Spirit of God told him to do. Every time. I want you to look with me in verse number 39. Again, 30, verse number 39. And, and when they were come up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught away Philip. And the eunuch saw him no more and went away and he was rejoicing. But Philip was found. Where was he found? He was found again. You're going to find him teaching and preaching in a different area now of Israel. Every single time the Lord shared with Philip what he desired for him to do. You know what we find Philip doing? He does it immediately. As I look at this passage of scripture, I see this man, this Ethiopian eunuch, a total makeover in his life, gloriously saved, baptized, a wonderful change in his life. But before I see that, I see Philip, a man that is consistently hearing and listening and being obedient to the Holy Spirit in his life. I believe this for many Christians today, this is something that's lacking in our lives. I believe we go through the motions of Christianity. We read our Bibles. We, we're good people. We're, we're honest people. We're, we're Christians. We, we're believers in Christ. But one thing, if we're not careful, we can do, we can go through all the motions and never listen to the Holy Spirit of God. I've counseled many of people, and I've said this to them. What, are, what, is, what do you feel the Holy Spirit of God is leading you to do or, or causing you to do? And many of people have said this, I don't know what that even feels like or sounds like. They're not denying that they're Christians. They're not denying that they don't know Christ as their savior. But what they're saying is this, I've never been to a place in my life where I've listened or heard the Holy Spirit of God speaking and leading. Others, they've sensed the Spirit of God leading in their life, but, but it doesn't make sense or they're, they're not understanding what he wants them to do and so they simply continue to sit without doing what the Spirit of God tells them to do. But the Spirit of God was working here. The Spirit of God was preparing a man to preach the gospel to another man that needed Christ Jesus. And listen to me, Christian, we need to be sensitive to the Spirit of God's leading in our lives. We we need as Christians to learn to hear the voice of God in our life. The Spirit of God indwells you the moment you receive Christ as your Savior. The Spirit of God now lives inside of you. And the Lord said he's there to lead you and guide you, to comfort you. He's there to convict you. He's there to, to, to uh, uh, as you read scripture, to, to help scripture make sense to you. He's there to interpret that for you so you can understand what the word of God has to say for you. The spirit of God has, has, has a specific purpose in the life of the believer. And we as Christians should not live through life without yielding ourselves to the Holy Spirit of God. I believe this. That every day we ought to ask the Lord, what would you have us to do? And we ought to be sensitive to the Spirit of God's leading in our life. The Spirit of God is always working. He's always moving. God is very involved in the affairs of mankind. God is desiring to redeem mankind. When I was, a couple weeks back, I was 
preaching in Mexico, and on the way back from this trip to Mexico, I was sitting next to a fellow there that, that uh, was also coming back from, from Mexico. He was a businessman doing business. It was his first time there in Mexico, and, and uh, so we just started talking. He said, is this your first time? I said, no, I've been here a few times before, and, and uh, he began to tell me it was his first time, and, and what he was doing, and all those types of things, and, and when we're all finished, when we're all done, all that small talk of what do you do, and what do you do? and what are you here for and all those things I just simply looked at him and I said so do you know for sure you're going to go to heaven when you die and he just kind of looked at me and I told you this I think I told you this I had him I mean we were in the air for a couple hours he couldn't go anywhere you know he, he was sitting on the on the window seat so he couldn't crawl over me I mean I had him captive for a couple hours there in the airplane as I began to tell him about Christ and he for the first time heard that he said I've never ever ever had anybody explain to me what you've said to me now he was a religious man he could, could explain religion, but he never heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. Do I believe that that was a mistake, that God set me next to that man on the airplane? I believe it was God's perfect will for me to be there and for me to share the gospel with that man there on that airplane. Philip, and I believe that we too, Christian, we ought to be a ready vessel. Each one of us ought to be living a life desiring for the Lord to lead us and guide us. Every single day that you and I live is an important day. Every day that you and I live, God has a plan for that day. He has a desire for your life. There's not one day that you live that is a mistake. There's not one day that you live that is an idle day that doesn't matter. Every day that you live, the Holy Spirit of God lives inside of you and he wants to lead you and guide you and direct you. And we need to be sensitive and allow the Spirit of God to lead us. I want you to see in verse number 26, I find this man and the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip. And you know what Philip did? He listened. He listened. This is so basic this morning, but I want to challenge our church this morning. When the Spirit of God speaks, would you determine that you're going to listen? Would you listen? As you're reading the Word of God and as you're, as you're, as you're digesting what you're reading, the Holy Spirit of God is there and He's going to use that to minister to you and guide you and direct you. He's going to use that to, to speak to you. He's going to use that to convict you. Would you determine today as the Spirit of God directs you, would you listen today? Would you listen you know, many of us, we go through problems in life and we go through situations that we put ourselves in. And I'm just like this as well. Many a times I find myself in a situation that I put myself in and now I want God to get me out of it. I want God to deliver me. I chose to be here and now I want God to do something about it because I realize this is not the place that I need to be. Instead of behaving that way, Christian, what we need to be praying and seeking is, God, you put me where you want to put me, and then I'll just simply do your will there. And here Philip was, was spoken to by the Spirit of God, and when the angel spoke to him, Philip listened. What the angel said to do, you know what we find? That Philip did. You don't find Philip arguing here. 
You don't, feel, you don't find Philip discussing this, weighing out the pros or the cons or, or looking at this situation and saying, you know, Lord, you're going to have to give me a little bit more information. I've already gone to Samaria. You know what's happening in Jerusalem. You know what's happening in Samaria. You know what's happened to these apostles. You know what's happened to, to, to uh, the deacons here that are preaching and teaching. And, and you know that they've been stoned. And now what do you want me to do? You want me to be obedient without all the information? Listen to me today. There's times that God is going to speak to you. And God is not always going to give you all the information that you might want. God's not going to lay out everything in your life and then leave it up to you to decide if that's what you want or not. Many a times when the Spirit of God speaks to us, he just simply tells us the next step. If you're like me, I don't want to just know the next step. I want to know all the way over here. I want to know the whole, the whole thing. I want to see the big picture. You know what the difference between Philip and me would be? Philip believed that God saw the whole picture. Philip believed that God knew what he was doing. Philip trusted that the Lord knew the path that he should take. He didn't have to lay out the whole thing for Philip. He just simply needed to tell Philip this next step to take, and Philip was satisfied with that. And you know what I find, Christian, this morning? We just need to simply be satisfied when the Spirit of God just tells us the next step. We don't have to know what the end is. We don't have to know what the conclusion is. We just simply need to listen and do as the Spirit of God tells us to do. Look with me in verse number 30, uh, 29 of this chapter as well. Verse number 29, then the Spirit said unto Philip, go near and join thyself to the chariot. And Philip ran thither to him. The Spirit said, do this, and Philip did it. You know, Christian, this is what I desire for me. And just to be honest with you this morning, just to share my heart with you this morning, this is what God desires for all of us. Immediate obedience. The Holy Spirit of God is working in every single person's life here today. He's working. Some might be facing some difficulties with health. Some might be facing some difficulties in work. Some might be facing some difficulties in home. Some may be facing some, some trials. But in every one of those events, the Spirit of God is working in your life. And all he simply desires is for you to be sensitive and take the next step without having to know all the conclusions. We find this in verse number 29, he go, or verse number 26, he goes. He gets there. It wasn't until he got to this desert area till the Spirit of God said, there's a Ethiopian eunuch, I want you to go to him. Go to that chariot. You know what the Bible says in verse number 29? Then the Spirit said unto Philip, go near. Once he got to the desert, the Spirit of God said, I'll give you a next step. Then, Philip had to find himself in this desert place in order for the Holy Spirit to tell Philip that next step. 
hear me this morning, please. You just simply need to have the faith that God knows what he's doing. You need to have the faith that the spirit of God knows what he desires for your life. You need to have the faith to trust him. Just simply take that step. Even if it's into a desert area that makes no sense and it's there, then the spirit said to Philip, take that next step. Then, you see, what I find here is this, Philip was staying sensitive. It was not just a one-time event in his life where he said, all right, I'll listen to you, Lord, this time, but it better be right. He was sensitive every single step of the way. The spirit didn't lay it all out. Listen, always allow the spirit to direct us. Always allow the spirit of God to guide you. Always allow him to lead you. Listen to his voice. Learn to listen to the spirit of God in your life. Don't always demand that you have to know the next step. Just simply know the one that he's placed in front of you. Church this morning, would you be sensitive to the spirit of God? Would you learn to listen to his voice? I want you to see something else this morning now, as I look to this Ethiopian eunuch this morning, we find this man, this Ethiopian eunuch is sitting in his chariot and he's reading the book of Isaiah. He's reading this as Philip runs to him in verse number 30 and heard him read from the prophet Isaiah and said, understandest thou what thou readest? So imagine this chariot is going, this powerful man is there, and this, this, this man, Philip, is just running alongside this chariot. And he's listening to this man read the book of Isaiah, and he, and he just simply yells back up into that chariot, do you know what you're reading? This man says, how can I know? except some man should guide me in verse number 31. And he said to Philip, he desired him to come up and sit with him. And so this conversation takes place. This Ethiopian man is reading and has no idea what he's reading. And Philip yells up to the chariot and he says, well, come on up here and, and help me understand what this, what this uh, uh, Bible is saying here today. And I find something so interesting about this uh, Ethiopian man. You know what I find? That God is interested in individual people. The Bible says this, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. But you know that we see that word world, but you know what that means? That God is interested in individual people. God is interested in your life. So often as human beings, we go through life wondering, are we, is there any significance to our life? Is there any meaning to our life? And yes, there is great significance. And yes, there's great meaning because God is interested in your life. He's interested in this man's life. This man is an Ethiopian. This man was not a, a Jewish man. This man wasn't from Samaria. This man was from now Ethiopia. And you know what we find? That God desired for this man to hear the truth of the gospel. How many of you remember the day that someone introduced you to the gospel of Jesus Christ? God prepared the heart of someone to share the gospel with you so that you could hear the gospel and receive the gospel. Why? Because God was interested in you. He's interested in me. He's interested in every individual. He desires that every single person come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And because of that, he's going to send someone to you to share the gospel with you. This man was important to God. 
But something I found as I read this passage of scripture, this man, he was a religious man, but he didn't know Jesus Christ. He was religious. He came to Jerusalem, to the temple to worship, but he didn't even know who he was worshiping. He came with a desire to, to, to know, but he didn't even realize through the book of Isaiah who it was that he was reading about. So many people here in this world, they're very religious, but it doesn't mean that they know Jesus Christ. And listen, we need Phillips. We need people that are sensitive to the Spirit of God, sensitive to the leading of the Spirit of God to tell someone like this Ethiopian eunuch the gospel message, the gospel of Jesus Christ. He had religion, but he didn't know Jesus. Here we find this, this Ethiopian eunuch. He was a man seeking truth. He had scripture open, but he needed someone to tell him. Oh, this passage of scripture is such a, a, a wonderful passage of scripture because Philip, he had to be willing to allow the Lord to direct him and guide him. And the, and the Ethiopian eunuch had to be willing to open the scripture and desire truth from it. And when God takes someone that is ready to give the gospel, another one whose heart is open to the gospel, and those two are placed together, you know what we find? The gospel is given and the person receives truth. And as in this story, a total makeover takes place in their heart. They're gloriously saved because he believes the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let's stop for just a moment. There's a God in heaven the creator of this universe. Yesterday, we were flying back from San Antonio, my wife and I, and I was looking out the window and just looking over all, this, all the sky and looking down upon this earth. And I, I just thought to myself, how small each and every one of us really are when we compare ourselves to the earth. Billions and billions of people The creator of this universe cares so much about an individual that he put Philip in his place so that this man could hear truth. That just amazes me. When I think about that about God, the creator of this universe, the, the God that spoke in the sun became a son the God that spoke in the moon through his words formed. He hung those in their place and they haven't changed for these thousands upon thousands of years. He set those stars in place and they haven't changed for these thousands and thousands of years. He, he hung planet earth with his words and he loves me and he loves you. And he cares enough about this individual man, the Ethiopian eunuch, to send Philip to share the gospel with him so that the Ethiopian eunuch could gloriously be saved. What a wonderful God. What a wonderful God. He cares about individuals. Look with me in verse number 30 of this, of this chapter. This, here's a man, and Philip ran thither to him and heard him read the prophet Isaiah and said, Understandeth thou what thou readest? This man doesn't understand. This eunuch does not understand. He said, How can I except some man should guide me? And he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. Think about this. Philip is running alongside this and says, You know what you're reading? And this man says, No, I don't. 
And if it wasn't for Philip, this man would have continued his journey back home, reading the book of Isaiah without an understanding of what he was reading. And God cared so much about this individual man that he said, I'm going to place a Philip in your path. I'm going to send a Philip from Samaria down to the desert area to run beside a chariot because there's a man in a chariot that is wanting more, that needs more, that's desiring more. And I'm going to put a Philip in his life so that Philip can answer his questions and point him to Jesus. And that man would gloriously be saved and spend eternity with his creator. What a God. What a God. What a God that would say this, there's people that live in the, in the, in the opposite, si opposite side of this earth and he'd send a missionary to go to that, that foreign land so that someone in that foreign land could hear the gospel of Jesus Christ and be gloriously saved. What a God. Well, what a God to say I'm going to take and, 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 and put a, a person that, 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 that uh, lives in a small town in Michigan and, and send them to a, a home that, that the gospel has never been heard and never been preached. And, and I'm, going to, I'm going to put them alongside of a little girl named Kathy and, and they're going to take her to church and answer questions and she's going to gloriously save. What a God. And he did the same thing for you. He put somebody that had a knowledge of the gospel next to you in the time where you needed to hear it and you heard the words of the gospel and I pray you gloriously were saved because you believed what was taught you from the gospel. As I read this passage of scripture and I think about how great of a God he is, how much God cares about you to do this, I get convicted because I say to myself, Every time the Spirit of God has led me, have I listened? Every time God desired for someone to hear the gospel, have I been obedient like Philip? Or is there an Ethiopian man that wants to hear but continues on his journey because there is no Philip alongside of him? You see, in this passage of scripture, this total makeover, I see, I see Philip being obedient and sensitive to the gospel. And I see this man that God cares so much about him as an individual that he wanted Philip to be there so this man could be gloriously saved. Hear me this morning, church. We must be willing to allow God to put us in the path of that one that needs to hear about Jesus. You know, Philip is living a pretty hectic life. Philip is living a life where people he loves were killed. People he knows well from church are now being placed in prison. His life is hectic. This is not what he asked for. This is not what he signed up for. He's running, really. He's living in fear at times from the religious crowd that wants to persecute him. There's a man by the name of Saul that, that, that's, that's persecuting the Christians. There, there's great persecution. There's great trials that he's living in. But Philip doesn't concentrate on the problem. He realizes this. God is using that problem to get Philip to where God wants Philip to go. 
And Philip is using the situation you find, or God is using the situation you find yourself in in your life today. And he's using that for a purpose. What you're going through is not a wasted trial. What you're going through is not a waste of time. What you're going through is not God doesn't care about your life and is concerned about something else. No, what God is doing, he is using what you are going through today to place you in a place where you can be a witness of who he is and what he's done for you. And with that person that you can share the love of Christ with too can know Christ as his personal savior. Don't waste the trial that you're in. Don't waste the difficulty that you're in. Look with me in verse number 35. The Bible says, then Philip opened his mouth. You know what I find many of us, we might live an entire life never seeing someone saved. And the reason why is because we never open our mouth. I have people say this, you know, I, I just don't see people being saved like they used to. I, I just don't see it happening. And I'll say to that person, when's the last time you shared the gospel with someone? Well, I don't because people don't want to hear. Well, I would challenge you to do this. As Peter said, Peter did, open your mouth and share Jesus. You'd be surprised how many people truly want to hear. You'd be surprised how many people would come and understand what you're saying if you simply would open your mouth as Peter did and begin at the same scripture, begin to tell them of Jesus Christ. And so we find this total makeover this morning. My time is done. Look with me in verse number 37. And Philip said, if thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. This Ethiopian eunuch had a total makeover. This man's life was changed forever. Now, this man had it all. This man had wealth. This man had fame. This man had power. This man had a fantastic career. He was in charge of the treasury of the, the, the queen of, of, of Ethiopia. This man was a religious man. If you looked at this man, many in Ethiopia would look up to a man like this and say, if I only had a life like him, what a wonderful life I'd have. I'd have great wealth. I'd have great fame. I'd have great power. I'd have a great career. Even a religious man, he had it all, but he didn't have Jesus Christ. It's Christ that makes the change. It wasn't the wealth, it wasn't the fame, it wasn't the power that made a change in this man's life. It was Jesus Christ. It was him that made a total makeover in this man's life. Look, this man, he comes and he comes uh, to Jerusalem to worship. He leaves and he's reading scripture and he's trying to figure this out. Way, this out. And look, look with me in verse number 39. And when they were come up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord caught away Philip that the eunuch saw him no more. And look what the eunuch did. The total makeover in his life was this. He went on his way rejoicing. You know what he found when he found Jesus? True joy. He found life was worth rejoicing in because he found Jesus Christ. He was searching and he finally found truth. You see, today you might be here searching and it's not wealth, it's not fame, it's not power, it's not your career and it's not religion that's going to give you joy. 
It's none of those things that's gonna give you eternity. It's none of those things that's gonna give you happiness in life because all of those things could change overnight. The only thing that will give you true joy, the only thing that can give you everlasting life is the gospel of Jesus Christ, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Would you trust him today? And today I'm looking at two people. One, you're a Philip. You've trusted Christ as your savior. But are you being led by the spirit of God? Are you obedient to the spirit of God? Are you living your life where the spirit of God can speak to you and you're obedient immediately? And the second group of people we're speaking to today is those that need Jesus Christ as their savior. Would you put all that other stuff away and realize what you need is Jesus? What you need is the gospel. Would you accept Jesus Christ as this eunuch accepted Jesus Christ? Will you accept him today? Would you bow with me in prayer? Father, Holy Spirit of God, I